Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so before I begin, let me just say I love I love the Holy Spirit. I love talking about the Holy Spirit. And in Bible college, we do 10 weeks in just the first year and another eight weeks in second year. So we do 18 weeks on the Holy Spirit. I have 30 minutes. Okay. So what you're getting is headlines today. Okay. So I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit will be your teacher and reveal to you and teach you as we go. All right. All right. So today we celebrate uh, Pentecost. And if you don't know what Pentecost is, it's the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out without measure. The, Holy, the, the apostles and disciples were endued with power. They began speaking in other tongues. They began to witness for Christ. And 3,000 people were saved in one day. The church was born and it's continued up until today. Isn't that good? And that's all you're getting. No. That's the wrap-up. Now, before I uh, dive more into Pentecost, I want to talk briefly about who the Holy Spirit is first. So you don't have any misunderstandings. The Holy Spirit is God. We serve one God, but basically to our understanding is three persons. So Father God, Jesus is God, and Holy Spirit is God. They're all three God in the Trinity. They each have a role to play. They each have their own personality. The Holy Spirit has a personality. He can be hurt. He can feel love. He can be grieved. Um, but if you, if you look at it, he's in, he's in Scripture from the very beginning. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, we'll put that up on the screen for you. Genesis chapter 1, and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So there he is. He is the Spirit of God. That's who the Holy Spirit is. All right? You know the Bible, the Old Testament wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew. The Hebrew language is much more complicated and complex. And that word in the beginning, God, the word in Hebrew is Elohim which translated as actually God's, plural. We, we know that the, they didn't, the Israelites did not serve. We, we're monotheists. We serve one God. We're not polytheists. But the word is God. You understand it if you understand the Trinity. Okay, So all through Scripture, we see that God is the creator. He's the creative one. He's the one that gives the order. Then you see Jesus is the one who fulfills it. And then the Holy Spirit is the power or the enabler of it. I'll give you a simple explanation. If, if my dad was to say, Cindy, go turn on the light. I walk over and I flip the switch. I didn't create the light. The electricity did that. God the Father gives the command. Jesus goes and does it. Holy Spirit is the electricity or the very power, the very source of God that creates it. See that? So you see in the beginning it says that God said, let us create man. That's plural. That's implying the unity. So he says, let us create man. So God gives the command. Jesus does the creation. And then it says the Holy Spirit, God breathed his spirit into man. That's how he came to be. That's the Holy Spirit. And you see that all the way even in the New Testament with Jesus. God says we need to save our creation. Jesus says, I will go. Holy Spirit is there in the conception. And then when Jesus gets baptized in water and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, you know, I can only imagine the conversation that happened in that moment. Holy Spirit says to Jesus, 
I'm finally here. You're doing good. Everything's on track. Everything's running on time, you know? And, and then you see throughout Jesus' ministry, you see the Holy Spirit, all the powers, that, all the miracles he does. He's being led by the Holy Spirit, even to the point where he's hanging, dying on the cross. What does it say? It says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What does that mean? He was looking at the next 2,000 years and all the people that would come to know him. That's why he endured it. Who do you think gave him that vision that he had in that moment? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. What did Jesus need in that moment? He needed strength. The Holy Spirit gave him a vision and he said for the joy set before him he endured. So even until that point, and then of course the Holy Spirit raises him from the dead. You see the Holy Spirit doing that. The Holy Spirit is the unlimited version of Jesus on the earth. The Holy Spirit is the unlimited version of Jesus on the earth. You're like, what? Jesus was limited? Yes, because he was in a human body. He could only be at one place at one time. Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. Christianity is a journey of revelation. It's a journey of revealing Jesus, of the revelation of Jesus. You understand? That is the purpose of Christianity. We get to know more and more of Jesus. Well, the Holy Spirit is the revealer, according to John chapter 16. You know, sometimes people will, will say to me, you know, don't you talk about the Holy Spirit too much? Like, I feel like you talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Like, isn't that, is that okay to do? Well, first of all, there's no competition in the Trinity. Jesus is not up there going, oh my gosh, I wish they would talk about me a little bit. There's no competition. And that's just because people don't really understand the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's role is to reveal, to reveal Jesus to you. The scripture says that he will glorify Jesus. He will magnify Jesus. And he will help you to fall more and more in love with Jesus. You see some people and you wonder, man, how do they worship like that? What's happening with some people? They just look like they're so in love with Jesus. Like they have an understanding that's greater than just he say he died for me. There's like a revelation of who he truly is. That's because they have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The more you spend time in communion with the, with the Holy Spirit, the more and more he reveals Jesus to you. The deeper and deeper in love you fall with Jesus. Because he is the revealer. Catherine Kuhlman said one time, she said, the greatest sin against the Holy Spirit is ignoring him. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to lead you to Jesus. So now let's look at what happened at the day of Pentecost and the power behind it. Let's read Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I thought that was just the Holy Spirit moving. I was like, I feel the wind, Holy Spirit. If you keep reading that, that verse, you'll see that the disciples were really focused on power. But it was misplaced appropriation of power. They thought that Jesus was going to come and overthrow the Roman government and set up his rule. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. That's not the purpose of this power of Pentecost that you're going to get. This is not the power of the Holy Spirit that you're going to get. And I think sometimes that happens with believers as well. We can, we, can think, we can misunderstand what this power is for and we can begin to think that it's all about fulfilling my desires in my life and filling my plans in my life. And don't get me wrong, God wants to fulfill your plans and desires and he does want to walk with you. But what we're talking about, this particular power that you received on Pentecost is not me-centered. It's Jesus-centered. And it's there for the purpose of leading others to Christ, sharing Jesus with others. The mission is the purpose of Pentecost. See, there are people all around you. There's a world around you, maybe people sitting right next to you now, maybe people far away that desperately need to know who Jesus really is. They need to understand what the gospel. And what happens is that power that fills us is so that we can live a miraculous, powerful life living it out and showing people the saving love of Jesus. And you need the Holy Spirit in order to do that. See, there's no doubt that Pentecost was one of the most significant days in all of history because it was a day that resulted in life-changing, world-changing, eternity-changing events that started then and continue to this day. So, the power of Pentecost was also that the church was born at Pentecost. You know, different people, different personalities, different abilities, natural abilities, different spiritual abilities. They all were unified with one single purpose. They were all unified by the fact that they loved Jesus Christ and they served him. And what they did is they loved each other and they loved the world. And what began to happen is the, the Acts says that the early church turned the world upside down. The world around them began to see, man, something's different about that for those people. Something's different about them. Because they not only loved the world, they loved each other. And this is called the body of Christ, a.k.a. the church. So when people talk about the church, always remember they're talking about the body of Christ. But they impacted the world because they were unified in serving Jesus and loving each other and loving others. And that is what we need to be in this time. It is so important, more than ever, that we are united. That we are united in the fact that we serve Jesus and that we love each other and that we love those around us. And that we walk not just in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faith, and love, but that we also walk in the gifts of the Spirit. So that people can see the miraculous power of God around us. We are to walk worthy of our calling, as Ephesians says. Your friends and family should look at you and be like, man, I, I want to know, know this Jesus because I, I, I can see it in their life. I can see it in them. That's why I want to know Jesus. And that was the result of Pentecost. 
It was effective, fruitful kingdom ministry that changed eternity for people. And that is our mission. And that's what we have to remember. The other, the power of Pentecost is the title of my sermon. And there's a few of them. So the other, the, the other power of Pentecost is the moving of the spirit. Whenever you see the Holy Spirit, he is always at work. Okay. There's always something happening. He's the fire. He's the cloud. He's the wind. He's the miraculous. He's raising Jesus from the dead. He's always on the move. There's always movement where the Holy Spirit is. And that is because he is God in operation. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, I, I, you hear that excuse. Oh, I, I think the, the miracles are, belong to the past. That's a thing of the past. But you know, when you, deny the very, when you deny the miraculous, you deny the very purpose and nature of the gospel and the character of the Holy Spirit. Deny the miraculous, deny the power of the Holy Spirit, and you deny what Christianity is supposed to be. What is Christianity supposed to be? It's supposed to be God's power in action in the lives of those that follow him. God's power in action in the lives that, of those that follow him. We know this because Jesus told us. Mark chapter 16 and verse 7. We'll put it at 17. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So my question to you is, what signs are following you? Is your only claim to being a Christian that you come to church on Sunday? Because when you get to heaven, Jesus is going to be like, what did you define yourself as? Oh, you went to church on Sundays. Oh, is that what I said in the scriptures? I don't think so. No, he's expecting signs to follow you. You should be the person at work that when somebody's not feeling well, the other person says, hey, you know what? Go ask Mary to pray for you. Like, I'm not into all this prayer stuff, but she prayed for me when I had a migraine and it totally went away. She's like got a direct line with God or something. Like, go ask her. That's how it should be. They should know that you have a connection with God. I used to have, I used to have a friend years ago that, that she would call me like, anytime she got in an accident. I remember one time she got, she got in an accident. She called me from the ambulance. She's like, so this is what's happened. I'm like, where are you? She's like, I'm in the ambulance. I'm like, are you serious right now? She's like, well, I know you pray, and I know God hears you, so can you pray? I'm like, all right, here we go. And this wasn't like a con. This was every time she got in trouble, she called me. Today, she's a, a strong believer. But you know what? It was like, that's your life. They know, hey, that person, they've got something going on with God, and God hears them. So that's what he's talking about. You don't have to be like, oh, I haven't cast out a demon. You start with what you can do. You start by having that relationship, that intimacy with God that people around you will notice. And you get that when you understand that the mighty power of the Godhead resides in you. Let's look at 1 John 2 verse 27. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So when you get born again, you give your life to the Lord, you surrender your life. The Holy Spirit comes into your spirit and does the work, recreates you into a new being. And the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. His anointing is inside of you. And that anointing is inside of you for living. When we talk about Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that anointing 
is for service and for ministry. Okay, so there's a difference. Go with me here. The Holy Spirit is in me. When I get saved, the Holy Spirit is in me, is in you for my salvation, for my foundation, for my comfort, for my teaching, for my help. But when I get baptized into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is now upon me to be a witness for Christ, for me to be a vessel in which God can work through to bring the miracle you need. So one causes me to be, the other causes me to do. That is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. It's upon you for others. You know, a lot, a lot of times we get in our heads with stuff and people will say, well, I don't know, man, pray for somebody. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, you know, and, and they get into their own ability. What you have to realize, it's not about your ability. It's about his ability in you. Otherwise, we'd walk around boasting all the time about our accomplishments. I don't think when we get to heaven, we're going to be like, hey, God, look what I did. We're going to be like, God, look what you did through this broken vessel. Let's read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. There's step one. You're wondering, what is all this? It's You start by repenting. If there's sin in your life, you repent. Ask God to forgive you. Turn away from that sin. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm walking away from it. I'm serving you as my Lord and my Savior. So repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for, for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the scripture says. The Holy Spirit is not the gift. The Holy Spirit has a gift for you. And that gift is the power he releases in you in the baptism. Of course, we're, there's so many gifts that he gives us in that. And, and part of that is you receive your heavenly prayer language, a.k.a. speaking in tongues. And you're like, does everybody receive it? Yes, because there's multiple places in the scripture. Every time it says they received the Holy Spirit, there was evidence of them by speaking in tongues. And speaking in tongues is an awesome thing. Your own prayer language is a, an, a beautiful thing. You're able to build yourself up. You're able to charge yourself up. You're able, to, uh, you're able to flow in the gifts more easily. The Holy Spirit talks through you. It enables you to pray the perfect will of God in any situation. You don't know how to pray. You pray in the Holy Spirit, and you're praying God's will over the situation. You don't understand it. Honestly, I think God made, I did that deliberately, though. Because I think if we could understand what we were saying, we would totally interrupt. We would be praying, be like, oh, no, oh, God, I don't think I want to say that over her. And then you pray, really? Do I, I don't think I feel that strongly about that situation, God. You know, we'd be interrupting him like every five seconds. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to make it so they don't understand, but they're going to align their will and their faith with me so I can do what I need to do in the earth. God needs to move on the earth, and if you didn't know it, he moves through your prayers. But most of the time, you're praying like a two-year-old. And God's like, oh, for the love of me. You know, it's like, come on. I need them to pray in this heavenly language so I can get stuff done on the earth. It's super important that you have it. 
But I'm not trying to get distracted by that. But I'm saying you receive your prayer language when you get it. And it's super important to have it. You also receive your ability to be able to work in the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many gifts. That you're able to uh, have prophetic words over somebody. Words of wisdom. Words of knowledge. You're able to operate in the miraculous more. You're able to... uh, All these things, all these gifts come in that. But the preeminent gift that we see in the baptism is power. He fills you with power. But you know, it's unfortunate because I look around at a lot of believers across the world and a lot of Christians seem to be living very defeated lives. And I wonder why that is. Is it because maybe they're not being taught how important the baptism in the Holy Spirit is? They're not being taught that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will be endued with power. You will be clothed on high with power from God. You will understand the authority that you walk in. So many Christians are living, you know, broke or in debt or without a job or broken relationships or sickly all the time or their family or, and just whining and complaining. And I don't think God's up in heaven going, oh, look at my church. They're just such a great witness for me. You know, I think most people look at a lot of Christians and like, oh, I don't want anything to do with your God. I'm doing, I'm doing good by myself. Thank you very much. Weakness is not our inheritance. The power of God is our inheritance. And you know, there's a, the scripture there, it goes on to say in verse 39, it says, this is for your children and your children's children. And he's like, your children's children. Peter, he knew the objection that was going to come and it's already here. People are like, oh, I don't think that's for today. Well, he's, he's saying, look, it's for your children and your children and your children's children. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. The main objection I usually get when, we, when I teach on this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. That scripture is talking about the gifts that God and Jesus give to the church, the apostles, prophets, and so on. And then he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation. When you see tongues and interpretation basically side by side, it's not talking about your heavenly language. It's talking about if one of our pastors would have an unction that the Holy Spirit wants to say something to the congregation, they come up, they give a tongue that's unctioned by the Holy Spirit. Usually it sounds different than your own prayer language. And then another one of the pastors would give an interpretation, an encouraging word to the to the church, okay? That's tongues and interpretation. That's what that scripture is talking about. You can't take it out of context. You also can't take it out and compare it to all the other scriptures where it says when they were filled, they received the prayer language. People like to say this, well, you shouldn't pray out loud. Do you pray out loud in English? What's the difference? Paul says, I'll pray with in, my, in my understanding and I'll pray in the spirit. If there were 10 of us gathered here, before service, and 10 of us were all praying in English, all praying different prayers over the service. Then we all decide to switch and pray in the Spirit. There's nothing wrong with that. Because I was praying out loud in English, I can pray out loud in the Spirit. I'm not giving a word to the congregation, I'm talking to God. Okay, so don't confuse the two. So now, how do I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Two simple words. You ask That's it. You ask. See, everyone receives the Holy Spirit when they're born again, as I
Even disciples received the Holy Spirit. Remember, after Jesus died, they're running scared. They are scared. They think their Savior is dead and gone. This is it, you know. Then he comes, he, comes, he comes back to life, and they're all tucked away, hiding in the room, and Jesus walks through the walls. You remember that? Through the closed door into the room. That helped their fear, I'm sure. And uh, this is what he says in John chapter 20 and verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. This is before Pentecost. What's he doing? I believe this is the moment where the disciples were born again. They believed on Jesus that you were the Christ. And then he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gave them their new spirits. Well, then what happened on the day of Pentecost? Well, they were all there together, unified, praying. I believe they were asking God, God, what have you got? And God poured out his spirit on them and he filled them. I believe that God wants us to desire him. I, want he, I believe he wants us to say, God, I want all of you. God, I want all of you. I, I want, I, I'm going to completely surrender all that I am. And that's when he wants to give that gift. You know, I, I hear people say this to me. Well, I'm a believer. I have the Holy Spirit. You're right. But does the, does the Holy Spirit have you? See, when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit, as I explained. But to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is an act of your will. You have to decide, I'm going to surrender and I'm going to give you everything I have because if there's a door marked more, God, I want more of you. I want all there is. So here's a little example. If I sip this water, the water is in me. But if there was a pool and I jumped into the pool, that water has me. Salvation, you sip the water, the Holy Spirit is in you. The pool is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to decide, Holy Spirit, you can have all of me. See the difference? Surrender. It's about surrender. That is the power of Pentecost. I saw this funny little thing on social media the other day, and I thought it would be appropriate. Just throw that little slide up real quick for them. (laughs) So, you know, you're right. You don't need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to make it to heaven, but you need the baptism with power and fire to live victoriously here on earth right now. More than ever, we need people, Christians, who understand the authority and the power of God that you walk in here and now, not just so that you can sin for yourself and have a nice, happy life, that you can run into the darkness unafraid and pull people out of the darkness into the light. That is the mission. That is the power. We should be operating not only in the fruit of the Spirit, showing that we're kind, that we're peaceful, that we're patient, that we're understanding, that we're faithful, but also that we operate in the miraculous. That, yes, we do lay hands on the sick, and I will expect you to get healed because that's how God works. Not because of me, but because I am fully yielded to the Holy Spirit daily. That I'm fully yielded to you, Holy Spirit, daily. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me. 
Because there's people around us that need a touch from God. Christianity is a, a miraculous thing. The whole thing is a miracle. From creation to Jesus to everything that was done, everything we look at is a miracle. Why do you expect that God shouldn't be operating through your life in a miraculous way? He is a miraculous God. You know, I like to say this sometimes in the mornings. I'm just like, God, Spirit of the living God, just I want to live for Jesus today. Use me. I surrender. I surrender my thoughts, my mind, my emotions, my will. Use my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my hands. Use it for the glory of God. That's what it means to surrender daily to the Holy Spirit and also to need a filling daily. You need to be daily filled, daily filled. You see it in the scriptures. They were, they were filled in Acts chapter 2. They were filled again in Acts chapter 4. And just so you know, when they were filled in Acts chapter 2, hello, Pentecost. It wasn't like a normal, oh, I got prayed for and I got a little bit of tongues. They were like hit with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And yet they needed to be filled again. How much more do we need to be filled? Don't come to me. Oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit 10 years ago. Really? How's that working for you? Do you know how much of God you can have? As much as you are willing to have. See, it's about surrender on your part. Today, you have to be able to come like a child. We're going to have oil anointing service here at the end. You have to be able to come like a child with a childlike faith and heart and surrender and just say, God, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He wants to give you more than you could even dream of. But he's not going to override your will. He's not going to force it on you. You have to come and say, God, I, I do. I surrender. I want more because there is more. You tell me, well, Cindy, I, I'm already speaking in tongues. But do you see the power of God in your life? Because if you're not seeing the power, I think you need a, a top up today. You need a little fill up. You need to come and drink from the new wine. I don't know about you, but I, I want to overflow. I don't want to top up. I want to overflow. You know, Jesus says that, that we, can, we should have a river flowing out of our heart. You know the difference between a well and a river? A well is something, if you have a well on your property, you know, it feeds you. It, it, it thirsts. You can use it to drink. You can use it to water your stuff. You can use it for your family. But what a river does... A river doesn't just take care of you, but it feeds the animals. It feeds all the trees and the grass. It feeds all the other people down the street as well. It takes care of everyone. See, the Holy Spirit is in me. He's in me like that well. See, the Holy Spirit is the wellspring of life so that you never thirst again. And that's Christian. Wow, great. Thanks, God. I'll never thirst again. But when you surrender to the Holy Spirit and get baptized in the Holy Spirit and consequently filled and filled again and filled again, you become a river flowing out of you that now impacts the world around you. Now people can live off the water that's flowing from your heart. They can grow from the water that's flowing from you. They can live in the river flowing from you. That's what it looks like to surrender. I want a river. I want everything I read in the Bible. I want it all, God. 
I want the gifts. I want the, I, I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want the fruit of the Spirit. I want the character, the nature. I want the fire and the power. I want to see people saved, healed, delivered, set free. God, I want all of you. I want all of you. So God, you can have all of me. I give you all of me in complete surrender. The choice is yours. You can sit on the sidelines, criticize, or you can decide to jump into the river and see all God has for you. Experience all God has for you. And it's not just that. It's for people around you. You have to say, God, I want your touch. I want your power. I want your fire. I want your presence, God, because I've got family and friends that so desperately need the river to hit them. They need to have an encounter with you. And God, I need to have your presence so emanating off me that my family just senses it when I walk in the room. That's what you need the river flowing through you for. Can you come like a child today? Can you come humbly? Can you come expectant? The Bible says to desire spiritual gifts. And we read over that desire spiritual gifts. But you know what desire means? I looked up the word. Desire means to yearn, to hunger, to long for, to crave, to be desperate for. Are you desperate for God? Are you desperate? Are you so hungry? I can't. I don't want anything else. God, I got to get up in the morning. I got to be at church first. I'm so hungry, God, for more of you. That's what it means. You need a fresh daily, daily anointing. You need to be filled so that times of refreshing can come. Maybe today that's you. You're just like, I just need to be refreshed. I just feel so down. I just feel so dried out. Well, the Holy Spirit wants to touch you today. As I've been preaching, the anointing has just come in so powerfully, so strong. I'm like, do I need a catcher? I mean, it's just so beautiful and powerful that the Holy Spirit is just coming to meet with you today because he is so excited because the hunger in this room is just increasing. That faith is just pulling from it. And you know what? You're like, I just need a touch from heaven today. God's going to pour that fresh oil over you. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that's available for you today. When you come forward, make sure you let whoever's praying for you know that so we don't just pray a prayer of you that you, we let, that you tell us that's what I'm coming for so you can receive that gift. But the Holy Spirit wants to overflow today. Maybe you're like, I need that top up. I need that power. I need that fire. God, that's what I'm coming. And let me just tell you that you're going to see manifestations of the Spirit today. And sometimes people get confused by what that is. Maybe somebody will fall out under the power because the power of God hits them and your, your human body is not made for God's presence. So it gives way. And maybe God needs to deal with that person on some things. Maybe somebody will cry. Maybe somebody will be hit with the joy, the laughter, and they won't be able to stop laughing. Maybe they'll be crying. Maybe they'll be shaking. When the Holy Spirit manifests like that, know that it's for one purpose, to bring people closer to Jesus. If you've never experienced Jesus, if you don't know who Jesus is, you're like, I don't know if I know this Jesus like she's talking about. Well, you can know him today. It requires surrender. There's the word of the, the day, surrender. It's get, you, you have to get to a place where you're like, God, I've done this by myself long enough. I want to follow you. I want to do what you says. I want to follow your word. I want to obey you, but I want you to come and invade my life and walk this world with me. 
That's what it means to be a believer and a follower of Christ. And if you've never done that, today is your day. You can do that. But know that God manifests the Holy Spirit. When there's a manifestation of the Spirit, it's also for those where the Holy Spirit, Jesus just wants to come in and say, Hey, I love you. And here's my power. And your human body is not built for the presence of God. That's why. But that's okay. The manifestation, that's okay. When you see that, that is of God. I've particularly chosen people today that are going to be praying for you. We've got six uh, people that are going to be ministering the, the impartation today. And uh, I'm going to ask them to come up to the stage so long. I've selected these people. They've known about it. They've been spending time with the Lord so that they can be overflowing and minister. There are people that hear from the Lord. They're going to have a prophetic word for you. They're going to believe that the fire of God's going to hit you. We'll have the podium moved as well and this table moved as well for me. I'm going to ask one thing as we pray that if somebody is slain in the spirit, if somebody falls over and the catchers put them down, please nobody else go up to them. Don't go up and pray for them. Don't go up and talk to them. I don't want anybody touching them. Some people need a little open heart surgery with the Lord and they don't need you to interfere. Okay. Once we've prayed for them, let God do the work. If you have a specific word for somebody, you can wait till they go back to their chair and then you can give them that encouraging word. But we want to let the Holy Spirit move how he wants to move here today. If you've never surrendered your life to the Lord like I'm talking about and you're like, I don't know if I'm really saved by the way you're talking. And you want to be sure. I just want you to raise your hand in the air. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. Today is going to mark the first day of your journey with the Lord. So if that's you and you're like, man, I need to surrender my life to God, just raise your hand wherever you are. I see your hand. We're going to pray. If there's anybody else before we start. All right. Just bow your heads for a moment. Close your eyes. Let's just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus and for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. I am your child today. I have decided to follow you with everything I've got. I lay down my life and I pick up my cross. Holy Spirit, fill me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now what I'm going to do, because as you've seen, we're, we're... close to the usual our usual end of time of service so what i'm going to officially do is i'm going to officially dismiss this but what i'm going to ask is that you stay very reverent we're going to have some worship music that we're going to play up on the big screens in a minute so while you wait for your turn to be prayed you can be worshiping you need to stay pressed in if you have a child that needs to be picked up from children's church and you want to be prayed for maybe we can allow some of those people to come down first so that they can then go get their child afterwards i will ask you to please not bring any children into the sanctuary during this time i want to keep the presence and power of god is here i don't want anybody to disturb it okay so if you need to leave quietly please that's okay but I I don't care I'm like the person like I want to hit power of God in here I'm like Lord you you can hit me too I'll be laid out here till two in the afternoon I don't care I just want to encounter God I want to have a touch of the Lord this morning so I'm gonna ask my ministry team to come up we've got the oil here we're gonna this oil is not any special oil it's olive oil it's God's oil you know but we're just gonna pray over it we're gonna 
We're going to believe that the we're going to anoint the oil, and it's just a it's just a, a an impartation. When you sense the oil, it's just like the anointing. It's just something tangible that you're going to. We're just going to put some here on your forehead, grab a tissue before you come up, you know, so you can wipe it afterwards. It's just that extra anointing, and whatever you believe in God for, you're going to get today. Whatever you need to be set free of, you're going to be set free today because the 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 anointing destroys the yoke. And for those watching at home, I want you to go and get the oil right now if you have it with you. And I want you to pray over that oil. And we're going to pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing watching online. Lord, I ask that you would come with your Holy Spirit and your power right now and touch their lives. Touch them, Father, in such a special, unique way. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would pour yourself out on them with power, with fire like never before. Like never before, Father God, that you would touch them. We give you all the glory, Jesus. We give you all the honor, God. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand Stand so long. And if you're coming up, I want you to know that Jesus does the baptism into the Holy Spirit. So I want you to picture Jesus here doing this work. It's not us. It's not man. We're just the vessel, all right? We're going to start the the Holy Spirit song. We're going to pray over the oil here. We're going to put the Holy Spirit up, start worshiping. And then we're going to ask for a line. We've got six prayers. So we'll ask for six people uh, or people to come down at a time. Now, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would just anoint this oil, that it become a vehicle for your intangible anointing to flow through in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Come on up, people. Who's first? Lose. Let's go. We'll turn up the music so they can. Let's begin worshiping, begin praying. Men, go stand with the men, ladies with the ladies. Uh, Christina Jepson, can you come help me? Just come up here. I can't do both. Do you mind holding the oil for me and the, the towel? So I just, that side up so I can just... what you've asked of the Lord right now. Receive it in Jesus' name. Have the faith to step out. Have the faith to step out in the name of Jesus. It's done right now. From her head to her toe. From her head to her toe in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands to heaven. Such a fight in the spirit. Such a fight. 
I break that off you right now in the name of Jesus. I break it off you. Enough already. Enough. Enough, the Spirit of God says. Enough. Stop carrying that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I break it off you. Off you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, bow your knee. Bow your knee, Satan. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. Right now in the name of Jesus. A fresh touch of God. A fresh touch. This oil is breaking that yoke off you. It's breaking that yoke off you. Enough in the name of Jesus. Enough, the Spirit of God says. Filled, filled, filled with the power of God. So you understand the authority you walk in. Put that under your feet once and for all. Fire of God. The fire of God in your life. The fire of God in your life. From your belly, the rivers of living water flow. Flow in the name of Jesus. We'll keep it coming. Keep coming. Come right up to the front. Put your feet up against the front.